You're listening to the Touch of Flavor podcast, episode 42. You're talking about putting your fuck parts in my head where my brain lives. You know, in nature, only a handful of creatures made for life. But isn't that, like, cheating? We can't do this 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Why not? The safety word is banana. It is so refreshing to be with someone who likes to fuck outside the box. This is the Touch of Flavor podcast. Dating and relationship advice by kinksters for kinksters. Join us as we tackle BDSM, sex, non-monogamy, and how to build extraordinary relationships in an ordinary world. And now your hosts, Cassie and Rigel. Hey guys, so today we're actually going to be taking the audio from a Facebook Live that we did recently. And this Live that we did, it was about a topic that we run into a lot, which is you're in a relationship, you have one partner who's polyamorous, the other partner who identifies as monogamous. What do you do with that? Like, is it possible to make it work? How do you make it work? And, you know, this is something that uh, it's a situation that a lot of people find themselves in and not a lot of people are talking about. So we did this as a Facebook Live recently. We got a really good response to it. And we had a lot of people request that we take it and turn it into a podcast episode as well. So that's what we're going to do. Audio is not going to be quite as good as it typically is. And in the future, when we're doing Facebook Lives, we're going to separately record the audio just in case people do want it as a podcast episode. This is I'm Polly, they're monogamous. What the fuck do I do? And we hope you enjoy it. Hey guys, how's it going? <laughs> so this is our like first live together in a long time. Since Christmas. Yeah. Since Christmas time. I got Rigel with me. It's been a while. And we're going to talk about being poly with a partner who's monogamous or vice versa. What we're going to be talking about is, again, being either a monogamous person who has a poly partner or a poly person who has a monogamous partner. And we see this show up a lot. Yeah, this is this is really interesting, right? Because it's one of those things that is really, really common. But take a minute and think about how little you hear about it, right? Think about how often you hear about this in like your poly groups or you're like either online or in person or how much you've read about it in books or how much you really hear people talk about it at all. Like you'd think that this is something that doesn't happen, but we're in the position to know that this happens a lot. Yes. <laughs> so much. Seeing it in poly groups, you know, the questions pop up. But even further than that, like our emails and just our interactions with folks on a one-on-one level and even our clients, this is something that isn't uncommon. It's something that happens quite often. And even if it doesn't stay that way, it at the very least started that way. Meaning some people transition into poly who are mono or people who are poly go back to being monogamous. It does happen. But more often than not, this causes a lot of issues in the relationship and it stays the way it is. Yeah. So we, and by we, I mean, Cassie and some of her people spend a lot of time every week, hours and hours and hours every week on the phone, 
talking with poly folks. And something that surprised us, actually, because, again, this is something that people don't talk about, is how many of those people are poly mono couples? So this is actually something that surprised us, right? We, we, didn't, we didn't expect this at all, but it's something that we see week in and week out. Yeah. So how does this happen, right? How does, how does someone who's mono end up with somebody poly or vice versa? Well, there's, there's a couple of reasons why this happens. One, and this is the least, this is the one that's like the smallest one that we see, but it's poly is a brand new idea. It's a brand new discovery that I just recognize now that this is something that isn't going to work for me. This is something that I newly have read about or come across and realized, wait, there's been this disconnect for years and this is what it is, right? Like it's a brand new discovery. It's something that came out of nowhere, blindsided you. And now you recognize that you can't live this monogamous life and be who you really are. So that's kind of one of the ways that this pops up. The other two ways are more common. The first is you've always known. This is something that's been in you, something that's crossed your mind, maybe not the word polyamory or open relationship, but it's something that you knew and was a part of you, but you never acted on it. You never did anything. You didn't date multiple people. And now you're recognizing that a big part of your life is now missing. Something that you've always wanted, something that you always knew you were, you can't do. Or the last one, which kind of overlaps with the second, which is I am poly. I know this is who I am. Maybe I, I was poly prior to being married or prior to being with this person, but I decided I wasn't going to be. I was going to, to, to marry this person because I love them. I was scared that I was going to lose them. I said, fine, I'll be monogamous. I'll give it a try or that's what I'll do. And now you're sitting in a position where you're like, wait, it really wasn't something I could do. And now we're stuck here. Right. And we actually see this a lot where we have people on the phone and they're like, you know, you have you have two people on the phone and, you know, one's like, well, you told me that you were going to give up your your wicked poly ways when we we got together. And, you know, the person who's who's poly says, well, you know, I I thought I could. Right. I thought I could give that up. I love you. You know, I thought this was something that I could get over and that I could just love you. And now it's five years later and I'm finding that that isn't the case. Yeah. You know, this is something that turns into a really big problem. Right. When you have one person who's poly, you have one person who's monogamous, you're in the relationship and you don't know how to deal with it. Particularly since because, like I said before, nobody wants to really acknowledge or I don't want to say doesn't want to acknowledge, but nobody talks about this. So there's no guidance. Right. And this can lead to a lot of issues. Well, you want to launch into this because you, you, you have more of these conversations. Than me. <laughs> sure. So the first one, which is obvious, is you start arguing and fighting about your relationship and your future. And it's something that is constantly going on. You're constantly having these conversations. And it's causing you guys to become more and more disconnected and feeling resentful towards each other for the two different reasons. The resentful from, you know, the one partner of I can't be myself and resentment from the other partner of I didn't sign up for this, right? Like this is not what I was expecting. So there's a lot of arguing and fighting. 
And that results in both people being unfulfilled, right? It, it, they, they're unfulfilled because one person, as I said, is can't be themselves and the other is feeling unloved and cared about, right? Like, I, I think that you don't love me because this is what you want to pursue. And almost sometimes it turns into not even that, but almost like I've been lied to, right? It, it's costing me this feeling that my partner didn't keep their word, right? And that causes all kinds of issues. Yeah. So, you know, and so kind of where that winds up going is, you know, you feel unfulfilled, you feel like the other person doesn't love or care about you. A lot of times you feel maybe like you were lied to. And this, you know, this obviously varies depending on which end of this spectrum that you're on. And this leads to a lot of fights, right? Because when one person wants to be poly and one person wants to be monogamous, I mean, these are two identities that are at odds with each other. Um, and how do you resolve that? And people don't know. And, you know, this basically, you wind up in these constant arguments and fights that, you can't ever resolve because you have such a basic thing that you guys are deferring on. And kind of where this naturally leads to is this place of wondering if you should be together. Are you too different, right? Like, where is the middle ground here? Like, where can each person be who they are, but still be together? A lot of times by the time people get on the phone, they're on the brink of breaking up. Yeah. I mean, we take, whew, how many calls do we take a week? We, we take a ton of calls <laughs> a week. The number of calls is a secret, <laughs> but it's more than 10. <laughs> it's a lot of calls. So we, we take a lot of calls a week and it's not a secret. I just don't feel like doing math. We take a lot of calls a week. And to be flat out honest, this is the number one problem where people are at that breaking point. Like this is one of the, the top reasons when people get on the call and say, I don't know if we're going to make it, if this is something that's even workable, right? Like, I don't even know if this is a workable solution. And they've gotten to this point of almost believing that this type of relationship for them is impossible. This type of relationship being what they're in currently with two different perspectives. Right. And you know, the thing is, is that this is a really shitty place to be. I mean, this is a shitty place to be regardless. Like you never, you never want to be on the verge of breaking up on a relationship with somebody that you love and you care about, you know, but the other thing is these relationships, especially we get, we get all kinds. Most of the people we talk to have been together for some period of time, you know, more than a year usually, but you know, a lot of these people who are coming, because this was something that took a while to manifest, right? It took a while before either they discovered they were poly or they realized that they thought that they had, they were going to be able to be monogamous, but just couldn't, you know, they've been together for years at this point. There's a lot of entanglement. There's a lot of love. There's a lot of time. There's a lot of memories. There's family entanglements. A lot of times there's kids, there's, you know, th there's, there's all kinds of stuff their lives are completely intertwined. And now they're finding themselves at this point of having to consider if, if this isn't going to work and they're going to have to, they're going to have to break up. They're going to have to leave. Yeah. And when those people seek help, what they're told is, well, it's impossible. You can't, you can't, you know, you can't do this. There, there isn't a midpoint. It's impossible. And there's no way for you to actually have a relationship where there is 
such a dividing view that right. it's that it's just not doable. Yeah, I mean, this is really this is the this is the myth that's at the root of this problem. Is this myth that if one of you is poly and one of you is monogamous, you're you're incompatible, right? You're just incompatible, and one of you is always going to be unhappy because you know you're going to have to choose one way or the other. One of you is going to be unhappy. Uh, if you guys stay together, so you have to break up. And this comes at you from all sides. Yeah. I mean, it comes from the vanilla world, obviously, right? Like the vanilla world's like, oh, well, the poly person, they're they're just delusional and you guys should just be monogamous, right? And, you know, if you have this partner who's polyamorous, well, they're being unfaithful to you, right? They're they're they must not love you and and all these other things. So it's just not workable. It's not workable to be with somebody like that. And then in the poly world, you hear things like, well, if your partner wants to be monogamous, they're they're being selfish. Well, actually, you hear that both places, right? You know, you hear that person's being selfish if they want this relationship. So in the middle of the world and in the poly world, you hear, you know, your partner's being selfish because they don't want to be poly and they don't want to share and et cetera, et cetera. And in the poly community, you hear a lot a lot of poly folks who tell you, you cannot have a happy relationship if your partner is not poly too. They'll never get it. They'll never be on the same page as you. And you're just always going to be unhappy. Right. And this, uh, you know, part of this gets back to this whole idea that we've, we've talked about before and you'll hear us talk about many times again, that poly should just be easy, right? You shouldn't have to do any work and uh, it should just, it should come naturally. It's this thing that, yeah, you just, just like relationships, right? You hit, you hit 17 years old or whenever you start dating and all of a sudden you gain all these skills. And you know, the thing is, this is all bullshit. We, and like I said, so this has been surprising for us, you know, we coach non-monogamous folks. And one of the things that has really surprised us since starting our program is that a quarter, fully a quarter of the people who come through our program are poly mono couples, yep. which has just absolutely astounded us, right? But that's the truth. It is absolutely possible to be a poly mono couple and to be happy and have a relationship that works. Yeah. And these are people who are having successful relationships after leaving our program and are happy and healthy. Like, so if a fourth of our clients can, this isn't something you can't, right? Like, if other people can, so can you. And the idea of where this comes from is sort of this idea that relationships have to be completely equal and look exactly the same, right? Well, yeah, I think, I mean, like I said, you know, you have this myth that you're incompatible. One of you is always going to be unhappy, but that's not true. So you can look at other kinds of relationships or well, relationships as a whole, and you can see all the places that this isn't true. So what you have to do is you have to make a change in how you think about this and you can be successful at being a poly mono grouping. Yeah, it's, it's totally a mindset. I mean, part of it is just recognizing that this is something that you can do because we see relationships that are what you would consider maybe not compatible because they don't line up exactly the same way work miraculously, right? So we're going to take it away from polymono for just a minute, just to kind of give you an idea of how this is something that can happen, right? So example, I'll use our lives a little bit, right? Mm -hmm. So 
Josh and I, you know, we work from home, both of us right now. We spend a lot of time here and Amanda works out of the house. And Amanda's very much a bookworm, right? So when she's home, she wants to do, you know, the, 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 the sitting there reading and watching TV and just relaxing. You, on the other hand, are... I don't really know how to relax. <laughs> yeah, that's the best way to put it. Thank you. You put it a lot nicer than I would have. He doesn't know how to sit the fuck down. So very hyper, needs to run around, things like that. And I, I work from home. So I have sort of like a, I want to get out and I want to be around people because I spend a lot of time, you know, talking to people over the phone, things like that. So I don't get a lot of like one-on-one person to person kind of stuff throughout my week. That being said, I'm also someone who needs a lot of downtime. So how we spend our time and what our hobbies are look very, very different, right? Our interests and our desires are very, very different. And the amount of time that we spend or the things that we do, we're able to work through because at the end of the day, we're on the same page about our relationship and wanting our relationship to work and knowing that our relationship can work even with those differences. And knowing that we're getting a lot out of our relationship, regardless of those differences, right? Um, and just as another example of relationships not having to be equal to work, all you have to do, we have a lot of kinky people in our circles, in the group, maybe watching this video, is look at power exchange. When you're talking about power exchange, you have one person who is submissive, one person who is dominant. Those are two very unequal positions, but they work for everybody because they're providing everybody with what they need. and Polymonal relationships don't have to be any different. Just because they're not equal, right? Just because they're not equal doesn't mean that they can't be fulfilling for both people, that they can't be provide important things to both people, that you can't both still love each other. And so you might be sitting there going, okay, well, hobbies, BDSM, that stuff's simple, right? Like those are some simple examples of how differences can work. I'm going to take it a step level, a little level higher, right? Think about the people who are in multi-religious families, right? So now we're starting to get down to some of the fundamental differences. Like, I believe that this is the right way for me and the right way for me to do things and, 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 and my life to be led this way. And you think that this is the right way for you. People make this work. It's not about, you know, shutting down someone's identity or changing who someone is. It's accepting that we are different and have maybe different styles of thinking. And that's okay. Right. So I actually want to address something that we didn't have on here, but that came through the comments. Joshua said that too many people have extreme jealousy. And I just want to take a second and kind of debunk this right now. I think this kind of goes with this myth that poly people don't get jealous, right? So poly people don't get jealous. So then when you have poly mono relationships, that poly person is going to be perfectly unjealous and then the mono person is going to be incredibly jealous. You know, the fact is poly people are jealous. They do get jealous. They tend to get jealous over stupid things that you wouldn't think is what they would actually get jealous. Like you can go out and have sex with somebody and that's fine. But, you know, like the silverware gets put away in the wrong place and all of a sudden that's an issue. Someone eats my tomatoes. Yeah. So poly people have jealousy. That's not the case. It's something that you have to deal with, right? It's something that you have to overcome. You have to work on self-care. You have to figure out a whole series of things that really is way outside the scope of this, this live. Yeah. And one more thing I'll touch on jealousy is a lot of people think that jealousy is the reason why 
non-monogamous relationships don't work. Jealousy is a symptom of why it's not working. We'll touch on that in a different one because that's a whole other spiel, but just let that sit with you for a while. Yeah. So <laughs> here's the thing. This is really what you guys need to think of when you're thinking about this. And this is something that we try and work with people on a lot is you get into these relationships and you look at them and you're like, oh God, well, I'm going to be poly. They're going to be mono. This isn't going to be equal. I don't know how this is going to work. And when you get into anything in these relationships, Joshua, I, I, I'd love to, but honestly, this is not a live on jealousy. We'll make that a separate one and do something on that soon. Exactly because when we do do that, we wind up getting sidetracked. So this is the thing. And this is kind of the point where you need to get with your relationships in general. They're never going to be equal. So what you have to look at is, am I happy? Is this giving me what I need? And if that's the case, even if things are equal, because they never are equal, especially when you start talking about poly and multiple partners and things along those lines, if I'm getting what I need in this relationship and I love this person and this relationship is fulfilling me, then it doesn't really matter if you're poly or mono, right? You can do it. You can have one person who's poly. You can have one person who's mono and you can do that and have a healthy relationship and stay together. Yeah. It, it comes down to really being the needs and desires in the relationship being fulfilled. And when you can really get a grasp on that, a grasp on the fact that it comes down to those things being handled, that you're able to have these successful relationships. And what comes out of that is, you know, from that belief, that understanding is you can then start negotiating your relationship. You can start having these conversations rather than just arguing about you're wrong for wanting to be polyamorous and I'm right for wanting to be mono and we can't make this work. We can actually have conversations around like negotiating things like time and energy and what we need in our relationship, which leads us to being happy and fulfilled, right? Like if I'm able to talk about what those things are and what I need and get them, and my partner can as well, we can be happy and fulfilled in our relationship. Uh, Julie says, not when the other person doesn't want you to be poly. Well, no, I mean, the, the, this that's kind of the, the whole point of this conversation is this comes down to, I'm happy with this relationship, not because of what you're doing, I'm happy in my relationship with you, right? And what you're doing in your spare time really is no more a part of that than when you go to the pool hall with your buddies, right? That, that's, that's, the, that's the mindset that you have to be able to get to with that is I'm happy with this relationship. I'm getting what I need. So what you're doing with your spare time. Well, not even your spare time, your time. I, I, I have to chime in on that. It's not spare time, right? Like what you're doing, I wouldn't call you going to the gym is your spare time, right? Like it's, it's not your working time, right? Because we talk about spare time like the time that's not owned by anybody else. And the thing is, is that we own our own time, right? It's, it's our time. And then there's working time and then the, the rest of it. And what I'm doing as far as my time is really as long as the needs and desires are getting met here, whether I go to the gym, like you do all the time, the gym's his mistress, <laughs> it used to be work. It used to be work. Now it's the gym. But whether that's going to the gym or going on a date, that doesn't impact what's going on here. Right. So once you can get to that mindset, and you can understand that you and your partner really, at the end of the day, you want the same things, right? You might not have the same things that you want to do with, with your time, 
but you guys, you both are getting a lot out of this relationship. You both love each other. You want to keep getting those things out. You're happy, you're fulfilled in this relationship and you can work through and navigate that difference. And then when you're looking at it that way and you can get to that point, whether one of you is poly and one of you is monogamous just actually becomes another topic to negotiate agreements around. So the thing is you can navigate this, right? And you can be healthy. I think that realizing that is more than half the battle because it is so rarely talked about. Yeah. And it's, it's, as I said, it's not about wanting to be different, right? Like we, we can be different. We can be someone else, but at the end of the day, what we want in our relationships is, you know, that longevity. We want to feel like we can be honest with each other. We want to be able to be authentic. And I mean, in a nutshell, it's really about wanting security and hope for our relationships, right? Like rather than being stuck in that place of this is hopeless because we're different. I want to kind of share with you guys a little bit about one of my clients and, and give you kind of a story. One of my clients who really stuck out when we were talking about this outline and I'm not going to use their names because I didn't ask. I always ask before using people's names. And I we, we did this outline the other day. So, But when they came in, basically, it was a situation where he kind of knew. He knew that he was poly. He tried to be monogamous. Like he tried. Like for years. They've been together for like 10 years or so. And what ended up happening was, well, he did cheat. That did happen. That does happen a lot, you know, because you start, you know, acting on what you want. And I am the first person to hop on people about cheating. Cheating's not okay, but it does happen. And so he was, he was, I just had to put that caveat in there. I'm, I'm the first person to be like, cheating is not okay. I'm um, laughing because of the understatement. The understatement. Thank you. Um, so, but that happened. And then that caused trust issues that trust that that trust was broken and they were having a very hard time repairing that but not only that even when he wasn't cheating during the times that he wasn't he was unhappy and it caused them to basically be bickering with each other all the time and when i talked to her the the partner who was monogamous she was like not only was was he unhappy, but I was unhappy too, because I knew that I was holding him back. I felt guilty. I felt guilty for making my partner not be who he was. But I didn't see how we could make this work where I don't want partners and he does. Like I have no interest in partners, but he really does. And so with working with them and sort of talking them through and, and a big part of it was this mindset of this is workable if you're willing to accept that, then we can talk about all the other things. We can work through the negotiations. We can work through those time management things and all the extra. But the first key point was them recognizing that this was not the end of their relationship. This didn't mean that people had to go different ways. And from there, recognizing that me being monogamous and not practicing that doesn't mean that I think you're bad or your way of life is wrong but I just don't want to participate. And you being non-monogamous doesn't mean that you don't love me, right? Like that doesn't mean that for some reason you don't love me. Or I'm not enough. Yeah, or that I'm not enough, which is another conversation. But what this means is we just have different styles of relationships and that's okay. And having that mindset allowed them to be able to work through the rest of, of, of the, the issues. Because most of the time, 
there's other issues there too, you know, like every relationship that's been together for years has other, other little issues and other maybe big issues in the background, but nothing else was able to be resolved until they got to that point of recognizing that their relationship was something that was actually doable. Right. So guys, again, we wanted to take this time. We wanted to come on here. We wanted to tell you this because there are so many people out there who are in this boat and there are so many people that we talk to all the time who are in this boat. And, you know, we just want you to know that it's not uncommon. You're not alone. And if you can make the, the mindset shift to understand that this is just, this isn't an incompatibility at the end of the day, right? It's not an incompatibility. It's just something else to build agreements around and negotiate. And that if you love your partner and you want to stay with them and you're fulfilled in your relationship, otherwise you guys can make this work. It is entirely possible. It doesn't matter if nobody else is talking about it, right? People are going through this all the time and you know, they're, they're struggling with this stuff and they, you can find your way through it. I'm not going to say it's easy because it's not. All right. Um, but it is possible. If this is something that you are find yourself in this position and it's something that you want to work past and you want to overcome with your partner. And it's something that perhaps you would like a bit of a hand doing because it's possible, but not easy. You can go ahead. You can set up a call with us and by us, I mean, Cassie and her people. I don't necessarily mean me. I'm sorry, but we talk to people who are in your situation all the time and help them work through it. You can go to a touch of forward slash call to set that up and go ahead and talk to Cassie or her people talk about what's going on, talk to our team and have us help work you through the steps that you can take to make your relationship work as a poly monogamous couple. Go ahead, check that out. We usually have a few spots available and take a look at that. And uh, we would be happy to help you out if that's something that you guys need. Okay. Thank you guys so much. All right. All right, guys, thanks for tuning in. So if you are looking for help and you do want to set up a call with us, you can go to atouchaflavor.com forward slash call. That's atouchaflavor.com forward slash call and set up a free call with us. You can also find the link in the show notes for this episode, and that's atouchaflavor.com forward slash 042. Thanks for listening to the Touch of Flavor podcast, where we're building relationships outside of the box. Got a question about kink, power exchange, or open relationships that you've been holding on to for years? This is the place to ask it. Submit your question at atouchofflavor.com slash ask, or leave us a voicemail at 833-ASK-TOF1. 